3: this is the best of outkick the coverage with clay travis on fox sports radio we bring in lance taylor at the lance taylor lt i want to hit you with this right out of the gate you watch these games you're an nba guy steph curry two for 13 from three one made three point basket in game one one made in game two what's up with him is he healthy
0: uh, I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to admit that he's not. I don't think Steve Curry's really going to admit that he's not. They're going to blame it on Russ that he's only been back six or seven games. But I think the MCL is still bothering him. I mean, he's a defensive liability right now. Um, Steph Curry's, you know, strength is the perimeter of shooting, and it's just not there right now. So, yeah, I think the MCL is definitely bothering him, play.
3: Um How much interest? So, in general, these are the margins that we've gotten so far in the NBA conference finals 25, 13, 13, and 22. Now, at least this one we've got to split in with the Rockets and the Warriors because I'm sure that you're like me. If the Warriors had come out in one game, two, the entirety of the rest of the next month of basketball basically feels like a foregone conclusion. At least now there's potentially a little bit of drama. Is there reason for the Warriors to be nervous?
0: I don't think so. Um, now, again, coming back to Oracle, if Houston is able to get game three or four, then obviously it becomes a big-time series because Houston, who works so hard in the regular season, to get home court, they get it back. And for them to lose it in 48 minutes in game one, I think it was a little knee-jerk for everyone to say that the series was over. I was one of those, though, that kind of jumped on board of that sentiment. But, you know, going into it, I thought it would go six games. I thought Golden State would win this series – um, obviously, like you said, though, without last night, and even in the manner they won last night, because I think they're really confident now going into game three and, and them being Houston. You know, if they would have won on a you know last possession, something we probably all wanted to see, maybe they don't have the confidence they have now, but to really dominate that game wire to wire, I think Houston believes they can still win this series. I don't think they can, um, but I don't think the pressure is necessarily on Golden State. They've won 15 consecutive games in Oracle in the postseason, and I fully expect them to win games three and four and go back to Houston up
3: 3-1. I, I do too as well. Now, one of the things I think is undersold, at least in this series, I polled people in general and I said, who are you rooting for in, in the uh, in the NBA Final Four? Gave all four options, Cavs, uh, Warriors, the uh, the Celtics, and the Rockets. And the Cavs and the, um, and the Celtics got the majority of the vote. But what surprised me was how many people are rooting against the Warriors? And I just put up a poll question about uh, five minutes ago, and uh, hundreds of people are already rolling in. Who are you rooting for, Warriors or Rockets? And two-thirds of my audience out there is rooting for the Rockets. Do we underrate how disliked this Warriors team is? Because in the early days of the Warriors, Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, everybody kind of loved this Warriors team, I think, because they kind of caught everybody by surprise and how good they were. And I feel like we've rapidly, as a country, turned on them. I just think it's interesting that two-thirds of people are rooting for the Rockets right now.
1: I think we
0: turn on everything, Clay. I think once something becomes successful, we get fatigued and we actually start pulling against it. I called it three years ago. Uh, Steph Curry is the uh, the cute, lovable MVP. They can do no wrong, but his act, I thought, was going to start to wear on some people. And, uh, you know, that's just where we are in society. Um, I, I find myself pulling against them. I don't know if there's really a likable team left outside of Boston because I think most people have LeBron fatigue and um, Houston's Houston with, with James Harden and CP3. But I don't know. I just think we get fatigued as a society. I mean, nobody likes the New England Patriots.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt at all about that. I, I want to talk a, a little bit quickly with you. Uh, you're down in Birmingham, ninety four five Jocks uh, in Birmingham, big powerful radio station down there that's in the heart of the uh, Southeastern Conference country and also where the SEC is based. Mike Slive died yesterday in Birmingham. He was 77 years old. What kind of impact did he have in your mind?
0: Oh, my gosh, Clay. I mean, from expansion to the SEC network, really to the college football playoff, I mean, he was a guy that got it all done. And I think you'll agree with me on this. Um, he was just one of those guys that he made you feel important. You know, I, I know when you were just getting in radio and, and, you know, when I was just doing a midday show in Birmingham, it didn't matter if he was, you know, shaking hands with Les Miles and in a deep conversation. If he would turn to you, he knew your name, and he always mel- made you feel like an equal. And the thing about you know, Mike Slive is he's who everybody, I think, wants to become because he made such a mark professionally, but privately everyone respected him. I mean, he he was a true visionary, and this is a guy he he spoke softly, um, but he, he carried a lot of weight, and was just a great guy. It's going to be sorely missed.
3: Yeah, and and I'm going to talk about uh, Slive a, a decent amount. I think an hour or two of the show, um, but but I think you hit on it there pretty pretty well. I mean, what I remember uh, about him a great deal was how plugged in he was to what people were saying about the conference. I mean, he would listen to your station when i would go on and be a guest it wasn't uncommon for him to call up and say something about my appearance on paul feinbaum's show or my appearance on your show i mean he was uh he was really kind of plugged into what people were saying about the product in the southeastern conference and i think uh you know being from new york he kind of came to the sec late in his life and did not have any kind of pre-existing affiliations which you know is important i don't think it's a coincidence that greg sankey the commissioner of the sec now has no connection to the SEC as a a fan growing up or anything else. Because you know this, everybody believes that everybody else is biased in the SEC, right? I mean, like that's the number one uh, of of all the conferences I think people believe, oh, we could never have a guy from Alabama run the conference because it would be too biased, or Tennessee, or Florida, or LSU, or wherever you're talking about. And uh, he was kind of this uh, outsider who came in and I think united what at times could be a fractious family um, and, uh, and, and obviously, I mean, this is, I think for a lot of people caught them by surprise. Did you guys have any sense that this might happen? I, Cause I knew he had been sick before, but I, I didn't have any idea. I mean, it, it, you know, a lot of times when somebody is ill, you have an idea it's coming. I didn't have any idea this was going to happen.
0: Well, it surprised me when I got the news yesterday. Um, but then, you know, I kind of reflected on it and he's been out of sight, out of mind for, for, for years now, really. And just had a feeling that, that he wasn't, you know, in really good health and, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, this did go down yesterday. I don't know, Mike's life, um, and I think you would agree with this, there's only a, a few brands out there in sports. And as much as the SEC was respected before he took over as the commissioner, um, the SEC is its own brand now. I mean, you've got the NFL, you got the NBA, but the SEC is a huge brand. I mean, monetarily, what he did to, for this conference is just it's astronomical.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt at all. We're talking to Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor 94.5 Jockstown in Birmingham. Uh, All right, let's go completely not serious because we'll talk about some of Salive in an hour or two. But this is a ridiculous story that came out of the players, and I bet you guys talked about it a little bit lucas glover getting attacked by his wife and also his wife attacking his mom on the night before mother's day where does this rank in all-time awful awkward situations to be find yourself in she also called him uh, a pussy willow she said he was a loser after he had a bad round of golf at the players he wasn't even able to play on saturday or sorry sunday to finish the round he just didn't show up after she got arrested and the domestic dispute what do you do with him? You have to cut bait here, right?
0: Yeah, I think you got to. Apparently, this has gone down before, though. And I think this is, uh, according to a lot of reports, his second wife. Apparently, she met him on the tour. So, uh, I think she knew about his earning potential. And I, I guess she doesn't like when everybody else out there is uh, putting up good numbers. And he's, uh, you, know, you know, scoring a 78, which seemed to be an easy course this past weekend. I'm going to say this has probably happened before in this relationship she can't handle the liquor too well um but if but if i'm him i hope he signed a really good prenup and uh, i'm looking for the escape plan because she seems like an absolute piece of work
3: what are you like can you imagine mother's day weekend when your wife actually gets in a physical fight with your mom no i mean is, no, that, is there any i mean like i mean i don't even know what you do you know, like, yeah. I, I, I i mean, you have to call the police on your mom. Uh, I mean, on your uh, either way, right? When your mom yeah. and your wife uh, get into a, like a physical fight.
0: Yeah, they're both insane. Uh, you know, not, neither one of these uh, parties I'm dealing with are sane right now that you guys are going to have to sort this out. Not only that, his kids are present. I mean, a complete mess. I mean, this is something you see on an episode of Cops. But I'm yeah. going to say this: this will not be smoothed over before the holidays in six, seven months
3: yeah I, I I agree with you there uh and by the way we may have some audio on 9 one one I think she called the uh the wife called 9 one as well so I, I don't know we could need to hear that audio and see whether or not it's worth playing on the show we'll break it down for you in the uh, in the breaks um in general right now what else is like the, this gap now between when they're gonna play these games until Saturday and Sunday I feel like there's a lot of people out there you can watch the NHL and that's going on tonight. But the NBA is having to stretch out their series because the second round went so fast. What are you going to do this weekend prior to the games actually taking place? Because there's a lot of time to kill if you're a sports fan right now.
0: Entertainment wise, I'll catch up. I still haven't seen Avengers. Probably will do that. I still I got got caught up on Westworld from this weekend, but I haven't seen Billions from Sunday, so I'll watch that. So it is a nice time to catch up. And once the NBA finals are over for me, you know I, I sample baseball. I'm not a consumer for you know a full nine inning game, but really the uh, m- months of June and July are my time to really catch up on entertainment. But I'll, I'll probably do that this weekend.
3: Should J.R. Smith have gotten suspended for the shove in the back against uh, against uh, Horford as he was going to the basket? Game two.
0: Yeah, I mean because it was just so obvious, probably so play. I mean the bush league play. Uh, the game was was over at that particular point. They were getting embarrassed. And it was obviously a frustration move. So, yeah, I thought he should have been. And, look, this is probably something Brad Stevens doesn't want. I mean, J.R. Smith right now, I mean, he can't throw it in the ocean.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they would mind at all, probably, the Cavs either if he got suspended. Did you see this? This kind of turned into a little bit of a story uh, that uh, Nick Bosa, who may be the number one overall pick, the defensive end for Ohio State, I'm not even sure if you saw this. Um, people have started going through some of his tweets And he said, Black Panther is the worst Marvel movie ever. He said, Beyonce's music is trash. And he said, Colin Kaepernick is a clown. Um, Fair or foul to go through his tweets, pick those out, and put them all together? No. Ridiculous. Look, Black Panther was overrated. I thought it was entertaining. But I thought Black Panther
0: was an an average Marvel movie. Amen. Amen. Way overhyped it. Uh, Yes. Beyonce's okay. I think I liked her better in Destiny's Child. Um, and Colin Kaepernick was always, to me, I had you know a couple of good years in the NFL, was kind of an overrated quarterback.
3: It is interesting how, and I just see this happen all the time now, if you were a young athlete, would you just scrub all of your profile, like everything you ever put out on Twitter or any other public social media feed, by the time you got to be, like, 16 or 17 years old. I just – I see this happen all the time where people want – I don't know who these people are, like, that are just sitting around going through everything that a guy like Nick Bosa has ever tweeted, but these stories keep happening where people go back into a tweet that one of these kids sent when they were, like, 14 or 15 years old. Isn't the best advice just scrub your account once you actually become somewhat famous as an athlete?
0: Yeah, look, I, I don't have any future – Uh, college athlete in my household you've got three boys maybe one of those guys will turn out to be one but i think the best way to do it is you know you just gotta you gotta teach them and you gotta vet everything they've got because it is absolutely ridiculous some of the things that uh 15 16 year olds put out there and then they have to apologize you know five six seven years later so yeah Yeah, the best thing to do is probably scrub it
3: i mean there's a lot of kids listening to us on their way into school this morning i'm telling you right now the number one play is just scrub it if you're especially i mean in any way honestly once you start looking for a job uh or make your account private and wipe out you know the ability for everybody to do a back search lt appreciate the time my man uh, we will talk to you probably next week clay enjoy the weekend see man will do that's lance taylor at the lance taylor on twitter Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are joined now by Jason Whitlock at WhitlockJason on Twitter. Uh, And let's hit you with this right out of the break. Uh, Is Rockets Warriors going to be a series in your opinion or the Warriors still in good shape?
4: I mean, the Warriors are still in good shape because they've snatched home court advantage, but... I've always said I think this is a seven game series and I think Houston adjusted its style of play and they're gonna be a problem moving forward. I think this series goes seven. I probably still favor the Golden State Warriors, but it's a seven game it's a competitive seven game series.
3: When I have polled my audience, uh we've got a poll question up right now. Are you rooting for the Rockets or the Warriors? 65 percent of my audience is rooting for the Rockets when I pulled them on the four teams that are still remaining in the playoffs the Cavs the Celtics the Warriors and the Rockets the Cavs and the Celtics were the two most popular vote get vote getters then came the Houston uh, Rockets far behind was the Golden State Warriors have we underrated how many people are not rooting for Golden State everybody talks about LeBron being controversial I think there's a big undercurrent of people out there who really don't like the Warriors.
4: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that don't like the way the Warriors were constructed, and particularly as it relates to the Kevin Durant acquisition. People still don't respect that. I think maybe the media is over it, but I'm not sure if sports fans are over it because it it just, it's created, I mean, LeBron created it, but it's accentuated where the team is irrelevant and the individual is far more important. And, oh, can Kevin Durant get titles? It's not about whether the Houston Rockets can get title or the Indiana Pacers or Oklahoma City. It's about the individual, and I think fans are far more into the teams than the individual. If you
3: were advising LeBron James, you're out walking the streets of Los Angeles – night and day if they came to you and they said jason whitlock what should lebron james do where should he go i think it's fair to say that the Cavs are very unlikely to win the title this year may not even make the nba finals where would you tell lebron to go to theoretically finish off his career
4: i would tell him to stay put because no other owner is going to treat lebron and his business associates the way that Dan Gilbert does. He basically gives them free run of the organization. The Cavaliers do things the way LeBron James wants them done, and I don't think he's going to get that anyplace else. And and that seems to be very important to LeBron. If it wasn't important, he would have stayed in Miami with Pat Riley, and they would have reconstructed around LeBron down in Miami, and, and they be a championship contender every year in Miami. But LeBron wants control. LeBron wants to do things his way. LeBron wants Rich Paul and Maverick Carter and, and LeBron's guys to have free run of the organization. If that's prioritized for him, he should stay right there in Cleveland. And, and, and plus, I, I just think Cleveland is clearly his hometown. It's He, he does all his charity work. And foundation work right there in Akron. I I think all this just jumping. Jump to LA for for what? Now you're going to have to compete against Golden State and Houston earlier in the playoffs. Uh, Go to Philadelphia? Why? Uh, You know, to play with Joel Embiid, who's you know a bit of an injury risk, and and Ben Simmons, a guy who's a bit overvalued, uh, who can't score. Fix things in Cleveland and finish your career in Cleveland. I think that's best for his legacy, even if he doesn't win another championship.
3: Sports gambling was effectively legalized on Monday. I know you are a guy who has made a few trips over the years to Las Vegas to get down sports gambling wagers. I have talked to you as you made trips to Las Vegas to get down wagers legally in sports books. Do you think this will change your trips to Vegas at all? Because one of the big discussions has been, how is this going to impact Vegas? If suddenly where you live in California, it were just as legal to play sports bets, would you go to Las Vegas less, or is the experience of Vegas worth the trip still to you?
4: <clears throat> the experience of Vegas is worth the trip to me. and uh, I'm am a I'm on the gambling wagon. That's why I, I take so much joy in teasing you. Uh, over twitter because... I had a rough
3: I'm not going I'm not going to lie last night when I went out I was pretty confident about the warriors playing well and I had the warriors in game 1 and covered with ease I took one on the chin last night
4: yeah <laughs> so I take so much delight in that because I'm not gambling so no one can make fun of me cuz trust me I'm just as bad or just as inconsistent with the NBA or whatever but <clears throat> I, I don't think it would affect me going to Las Vegas because I just I like Las Vegas. I like the restaurants. I like the shows. I I like craps. You know, the, you can't bet craps online or whatever, not in a real way. So it wouldn't affect my trips to Las Vegas.
3: What's the best trip to Vegas you ever had in terms of winning money, and what's the worst?
4: Uh will talk about the worst. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll say spoken like a uh, true
3: gambler, by the
4: way. Uh, we'll say, I went, uh, it was probably two years ago, and four straight days, it didn't matter what I did, craps or at the sports book, I couldn't lose money for four straight days. And, uh, I won a significant, significant amount of money during those four days. Um,
3: a good, good job dodging. Uh, when you, uh... <laughs> when you, you have a popular show speak for yourself you can watch it on fs1 if you enjoy jason on this show you can follow him on twitter at wit jason you can certainly watch the show as well will you adjust the way you cover sports and cover gambling more or will you guys discuss doing that in the wake of this decision
4: yeah i think we'll have discussions about what impact gambling will have on our discussions but look we were already during football season, Colin does a blazing five that you know were his best five n f l picks and I enjoy the hell out of that and Colin's pretty good with his blazing five, and so we talked about that every friday uh and so I could imagine we may do ten fifteen percent more conversation about gambling uh if this thing goes through because I think it's just going to become more pervasive in people's sports conversations. You know, I think people that don't even bet will be more in tune with what the line is and what people are doing gambling-wise, and so it'll just be a bigger part of the sports conversation.
3: Speaking of gambling, last night I tweeted Warriors plus one and a half is stealing again. Golden State covers with ease. Hashtag shooter shoot. Hashtag respect the picks. The pick did not go well last night. Should J.R. Smith have gotten suspended for the for the, or or more significantly punished than he did for his shove of uh of uh, uh Horford in the back as he went to the basket?
4: Clay, from what I understand, my sources tell me that Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens Pleaded with the NBA not to suspend Jr. Smith, <laughs> yeah. and that uh, I think LeBron the Cavs has actually filed an objection and yes. wants Jr. Smith suspended for the next game. So I think we should stay tuned to that story as the Cavaliers work to get uh, Jr. Smith out of Game Three.
3: Now I got in addition to getting that game wrong last night, I got to tell you, you came on a few weeks ago and you were skeptical of Westworld. I got to tell you, I'm starting to come down on your side. This Westworld (laughs) show in season two so far, I was watching it on, I didn't get to watch it Sunday night because I was watching a games or whatever I was doing, but I watched it the other night. And I'm starting to think maybe Whitlock was right here.
4: Let me give you another one I was right about. Today is Thursday, and I haven't watched the most recent episode of Billions yet. That's how far out I am on Billions right now. I have no idea where they go with that show. Uh, And and I don't think they have an idea. Having Chuck and Axe basically in their feud is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in the history of television.
3: I don't know what they're going to do either. And by the way, we're scheduled to have at some point Brian Kopelman. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce his last name, but mm-hmm. uh, he's going to come on with us and do a, a long-form interview about that show. Um, and, uh, and I'm curious to ask him about that. All right, yesterday, um, I know you know Mike Freeman a little bit. I don't know him that well, but he tweeted out something that started to get a lot of attention. I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm going to read his tweet. Uh, To summarize some of the tweets from next year's likely number one draft pick, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, for those of you out there who haven't paid attention yet to your mock drafts or aren't college football fans, is a uh, defensive end for Ohio State, younger brother of Joey Bosa, really dominant force in college football in the defensive line. Uh, And and Nick Bosa is very opinionated on Twitter. He has all sorts of pop culture opinions. Uh, He tweeted that Black Panther was the worst Marvel movie that he thinks Beyonce's music is trash and that he thinks Colin Kaepernick is a clown. Now, all three of these were numbered. And this thing started to get a little bit of attention in sports media circles. People are writing about it, talking about Nick Bosa's opinion. I said, I tweeted this out and I responded to Mike Freeman. And I said, if a black number one draft pick tweeted, Thor is the worst Marvel movie, Dave Matthews is music is trash, and Donald Trump is a clown, would anyone even blink? Of course not. Nick Bosa can have whatever opinions he wants as long as he can sack the quarterback. Now, Mike Freeman said there was nothing racial about his tweet. Uh, and that I made it about race, um, even though I yeah. I read it and I think that picking those uh, yeah yeah picking those three opinions and and Mike Freeman came back to me and he said uh, and and I, I I think this is interesting because it goes to how social media is used. Mike Freeman came back and I'll read this to you just so you got all the background because I'm curious on what your opinion would be on this. Um, he came back to me and said uh, said basically um let's see sorry i'm pulling it up right now this is a ridiculous choice no one said he couldn't have any opinion he wanted said that race wasn't involved at all in what he said sorry let me read that uh he says um and and, and anyway so he's basically saying race wasn't involved there is that accurate in your opinion
4: it's comical and sad man and and i sit and think about tweeting that out and i'm like you know Mike Freeman worked at the New York Times at one point. Back when the New York Times I think was a bit more fair, you know, this is 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh he worked at the Washington Post, I believe. M- Mike Freeman once had a reputation as a journalist and perhaps <laughs> we, we should have looked a bit more closer uh because Mike Freeman has no on-the-record sources. Every story he does is based off anonymous quotes from anonymous people, and at some point you just got, you, you cover the NFL, you've been covering it for this long, no one talks to you on the record? Not one person? It's it's kind of preposterous. Uh, and, of course, though, his original tweet was about race, and to run and hide from it, speaks to what a coward uh, or what a cowardly act uh, that is. And and I was sitting there just thinking in the moment like, what was the movie that uh, everybody loved about Vegas? Bachelor Party? It was was about some guys going to Vegas for a bachelor party. Uh, Yeah,
3: uh, Hangover.
4: Hangover. Yes, Hangover. I thought that was horrible. And I, yeah. I left the movie early, and I can remember tweeting about, like, man, this, you know, everybody loves this movie, The hangover. This is some kind of white people sensation that I just don't get. Uh, and, and then I think about, I thought Tim Tebow was a clown. And <laughs> much of country music and quite a bit of rock and roll music just goes by me because I prefer R&B and or hip hop. And so, it just doesn't surprise me that Nick Bosa saw Black Panther, didn't think much of it, uh, doesn't think much of Beyonce, and oh, I can't remember what the... Oh, he Colin said Colin D. Kaepernick I, I was a clown. Agree with Colin Kaepernick is a clown. Uh, so, I just...
3: And so the the clear intent there is to make it seem like he is either racially insensitive or racist. And by the way, this morning, uh, Mike Freeman has tweeted, first I made Breitbart, then I made Clay Travis's garbage podcast, I'm moving up in the world. I guess that's, I guess that's a, I mean, Breitbart's a pretty big media company, so I guess that's a compliment on some sense. But to me, that's a clear intent to call someone racist without calling them racist by sending that tweet out like he did.
4: There's no question about it, and it's Nick Bosa. At the end of the day, is like a 20 year old kid. Yes, is is that really? By the way, also to 20 year old kids, he can't uh, have a point of view and or opinions that fit his upbringing. (laughs) He also
3: said, by the way, that Stranger Things was way overrated. And by the way, he's totally wrong on that. The Netflix show, Stranger Things. But he just has a lot of pop culture opinions. And that's my that's my argument here is when you pick those pop culture opinions, put them all together for your audience, and then serve it up on a platter. Uh, what you're trying to say, uh, what Nick Bosa said was, Stranger Things first season, very average. Um And to me, what you're trying to do here is so transparent. And then when I call you on it and say, hey, I don't necessarily know this is a story, you say, oh, you're the one who's making it racial.
4: I'm just sitting here just thinking of all my pop. Like, I think The Wire is the greatest thing that television has ever produced. And I think Breaking Bad is one of the most overrated things that television has ever produced. And I've stood on that opinion forever. And it's driven people crazy, but no one's accused me of being racist for having that opinion.
3: Right, and if and I want to bring you back on the flip side here because we got to get out. But if I, that's why I thought my response to it was so interesting. If a young black kid who was going to be an NFL player said that he thought Dave Matthews Band was not good said that he thought that Thor was really overrated and that Donald Trump was a clown. Nobody even blinks, and certainly nobody calls him racist. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. I'm going to bring him back. i got to get out on this segment here, uh, but we'll come back. A couple more questions with Jason Whitlock, at WhitlockJason on Twitter. Go follow him. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Uh, my producer doing a little bit of research for you, Jason Whitlock with us, at WhitlockJason. Those three tweets that uh, Mike Freeman put together about Nick Bosa, who's the maybe number one overall draft pick next year, he had his opinion about Beyonce in April of 2016. His opinion of Colin Kaepernick was tweeted in August of 2016. And his opinion of Black Panther the movie was tweeted in May of 2018. So they aren't in any way even close chronologically, yet they were all put together and uh, and this basically is like, oh, Nick Bosa's a racist uh, from Mike Freeman.
4: Clay. Yeah, you got me? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to the audience, not me. Yeah, I got you fine. Listen, I I ran across something yesterday on my walk home from work. uh, A a flyer posted on a poll, a street poll, a, a, a street poll about activist jobs and to protect our civil liberties fight for LGBT rights, protect a woman's right to choose, fight discrimination. And it says here that you can make 450 to 650 bucks a week as an activist. And I saw this, and I took a picture of it. I put it out over Twitter, and then people uh, on my Twitter feed were like, oh, my girlfriend saw those in Hollywood. And then someone said, oh, I saw one uh, in Westwood the other day. And what this all points to is, like, money is being paid to stir division. And, again, this all sounds great. Hey, we're paying money for you to be an activist, to fight for all these things that we think are good. But we know how this plays out. These are paid protesters, people being paid to complain and, and, and make turn molehills into mountains. And when I see this, and again, I don't know what's going on with Mike Freeman, but I see a lot of social justice warrior journalists. And I see journalists or writers who could be writing about the actual game, who are now combing through people's Twitter feeds and tying together statements they made over the course of two or three years and say, ah, look, Nick Bosa, look at this, he's racist. And I'm like, who's paying for this? Who? Someone has to be paying for this type of activity. When I look at the the Twitter lynch mobs that get formed up by people, when you go to their Twitter feed, all they're doing all day, it seems like, is hunting for something to complain about or someone to complain about, and it's all attached to this social justice warrior point of view movement or whatever. And I just have to think people or organizations are being paid to do this. And. And, again, I don't know how it works. I don't know if it goes directly to the journalist or if it goes to the organization or they've been given instructions by the organization. Just go out there and stir up racial division. Turn your feed into something that says all white people or all of America is racist and point out any slight that goes on. And turn it into the worst thing again, because what we have is a situation is like Nick Bosa doesn't have the right to have different opinions or bad opinions, or the, the person at Starbucks, the manager at Starbucks, could in Philadelphia couldn't just be an idiot. No, yeah, you know, it's it's, 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 it's
3: got to be racism. Yeah, it, it is amazing,
4: it's, it's, and that all of Starbucks is racist. Not that they just hired an idiot manager, because there are dumb people who do dumb things in America Unattached. Amen.
3: Race. <laughs>
2: Amen from Jason Whitlock. Outkick out. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.
0: Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts
1: people
2: oh, 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 O'Reilly.
1: Auto parts. at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field